I have had much cause to think about uh, digging in the dirt and the responsibility of living and growing things over these last few months. The last time that I was with you all um, sharing a homily uh, was right before we went into the shutdown. And that's over 100 days ago. It's 106 days ago, I believe. Um, and this number comes to me because I've been doing a nightly story cast with my husband since that first Sunday in the shutdown. And tomorrow is number 100. And that seems both bizarre and I feel like I'm living the same day over and over and over and over and over again. Uh, working in the garden has um, kept me anchored to the flow and the ebb of the seasons and filled me both with hope and patience and a lot of despair uh, because gardening. So the thoughts that I wanna share with you today are true and also something of a parable for the greater work of uh, justice and democracy and healing of our institutional and systemic racism and sexism and ageism and ableism and genderism and everything that keeps us from living into that full potential and promise that we share as, as individuals and as uh, faith communities and as uh, nations, all of it. So several years ago, I noticed that uh, two of the trees uh, here at the house that I now live in um, were rotting from the inside and uh, one of them was quite close to a playground and we decided to have it removed. So my husband and two of our friends uh, cut down those trees and uh, which left gaping hole in, in the treescape there, but increased safety for small people. And uh, suddenly we had all these, these two trees. So we decided that we were going to build a hippo bed. Uh, which is a permaculture uh, hill garden. Basically, it's a raised bed without the box. And you build it from the bottom up with a layer of rotting logs that creates a kind of a sponge layer. And the hugel bed starts out tall with these layers of compost and uh, green matter and brown matter. And it eventually works its way down into a... Hmm, more more compact but robust uh, biome. And it's more or less uh, self-sustaining as far as watering and management goes. Uh, as self-sustaining as anything uh, that's alive can be. Well, this was all great. And I was really happy about our permaculture adventure. And next door to us, they were putting in an elevator in the building. And we were watching that pile of dirt. Then I said, I wonder, if, I wonder if we can get some of that dirt because it would be really great to have, you know, a ton of free dirt. And they said, 
sure, we're, you know, we were just going to haul it off and uh, you just let us know where you want it. So I left, left it up to uh, my husband to show them where I wanted it and uh, came home. And while we were both out, the front end loader came in and just dumped <laughs> like a ton of dirt all over the place we'd already built up. And I was just beside myself and frustrated because of course I couldn't be at home. I was at work and I thought, this is what happens when I don't leave explicit instructions. I will not complain. I will not complain. This was something that I didn't have on my own and I was given. They felt a little less grateful as I realized that the fill was full of rocks and pieces of the parking lot and concrete chunks and pipe and um, plastic dinosaurs and, and so on. And so uh, it's, it's been a labor for the past few years, um, sifting out all the rocks. And I've had to take it piece by piece and not take the thing as a whole because it just makes me want to pull my hair out. So I started on one piece and just paid attention to what can I do in this season and at this time with what I have. And in some years that was in planting potatoes, which are going to help bust up the soil and planting buckwheat on the top. So that increases the nutrients from the top down. I'm going to plant mint around the edge of all of it so that it holds this dirt from pouring away into a mudslide in the inevitable rains. Uh, but over three years, it has certainly felt like I was actually growing rocks and not removing them. And yet I love it, right? And I can see growth happening in it. And, and it's a constant uh, reminder to me that the work that gives us the greatest life is in fact not easy, uh, even when it seems to come to us freely. And it is often hot and sweaty and miserable and gross and is full of things we didn't ask for and things we'd rather just cover up as I slugged my way through this mountain of dirt, my husband would say, why don't we just get some nice compost to dump on top of that so you quit being so unhappy all the time? And I said, it's not going to make it better from the inside. If I do that, I need to make it better from the inside. And, and I have made it better. Uh, all the rocks that I've been digging out of there, and I swear there are more rocks than dirt, are now paths that line these garden beds. And there are now four beds and a long bed. And I have a hive of bees in there, and the deer break through my fence, and they, you know, leave their little hoof prints everywhere and eat half of everything that I plant. But but it's still getting there and it's always going to be getting there. 
I have felt so much despair in these last few weeks and in these last months. Um, despair for so many things, in part because the work that I do in the world um, means being with people in acute medical care in very great suffering and fear and not knowing. And I've been in the rooms where people are dying of COVID-19, as well as all the diseases that don't wait <laughs> for anything else. You know, cancer doesn't care that there's this virus out there. People are still discovering that they have it and going through treatments and making plans. And I'm walking with them. But everything that we are doing now, including having church online and including all the ways that we stay in community and including all the ways that we are responding to the events and the calls for justice, for the beauty and necessity of black lives, of brown lives, of everyone, everyone matters. And we can't say all lives matter until those black lives matter and those brown lives matter and those queer lives matter and those trans lives matter. No one matters more. We are digging out these rocks in ourselves. Sure, we could get a couple dump trucks full of, of really nice compost and plant in that. And eventually those things are gonna hit that clay soil that's full of rocks underneath and the roots, the roots will be stunted and they won't, they won't grow. We need to dig out one by one and sweatily and painfully and grudgingly all the rocks that came to us in this free load of soil we were given, if indeed we have had that advantage. But we can make new paths by digging those rocks out. We can make new ways together. I think sometimes that it's the digging that's more important than what we're hoping to grow in it. I know that's not true because they're part of the same process. But this is by way of encouraging particularly white folks who wanna you know, just put their heads in their hands and say, what can we do? What more, what, we don't, we don't, we just don't even know what all we need to do. We don't know what to be. And that is the heartbreak of having dominance and privilege uh, invisible to us, shielded from us, being taught not to see it. And so this time together is not going to conclude with a list of resources or great books for reading or documentaries and all those things are necessary and good. But this is to 
encourage all of us by way of not despairing and not losing that faith and not losing that hope. Yeah, it takes a lot longer. It takes a lot longer to get into it and get dirty with it and pull out all those things. The first time I pulled out a 40 pound concrete chunk, I was livid, livid. Who could I be angry at? Nobody. Nobody else could get it out for me. I had to do it myself. It is necessary for us to be uncomfortable. It is necessary for us to really break sweat. And to not crawl back into feeling hurt or wounded or needing approval um, or needing reassurance, particularly from our black and brown friends of color. It is not their job to make us feel better. And this is, this is not about us, but this is about what we need to be doing, what we need to be hearing, what we need to be seeing, and the accountability that all of us share. I read a really extraordinary poem um, yesterday, in fact, uh, that I will not share with you in entirety, but the closure of the poem, letter beginning with two lines by uh, Cheslav Milos by Matthew Olsman says, there will be monuments of legislation, little flowers made from red tape. What should we do, we'll ask again. The earth will close like a door above you. What should we do? And that click you hear, that's just our voices, the deadbolt of discourse sliding into place. Friends, as much as we might wanna shut the world out, the world is with us, the world is in us. And we can't shut ourselves out from it. We have to meet it and meet it with a fierce love. Meet it with hands and arms and backs that are probably really sore um, and that have muscles that we didn't know we had until they started to hurt. And guess what? That is the feeling of those muscles getting stronger. That is the work of leaning into it and living into it and helping each other pick it through one rock at a time, one rock at a time as we grow our garden and we make new paths together. May it be so. Good gardening to you. Amen.